cool. Praise him, praise him. So, yeah, we're coming. We're close to the end of Romans. Yeah, we've got to, we're on uh, chapter 15. Uh, Daniel didn't believe that we could do it, but we did it. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a little private joke for Daniel. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, let's let's get into Romans uh, 15. Um, and let's, yeah, let, let's see what the Lord wants to say to us today. Uh, so let's read Romans 15. Um, from verse 1 to 13. So that's Romans 15, from verse 1 uh, to 13. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who approached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures that we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord to Jesus Christ, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And, and again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and that all the people extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come even he who rises to all the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, Romans 15. Um, I guess you can kind of say that Romans 15 really is just a, it's the first couple of verses is just a continuation really from uh, chapter four. Um, Paul just kind of starts off uh, in verse one, you know, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. And we know that Daniel did a brilliant preach really about all of that last week. So if you want to um, kind of get into that a bit more, um then listen to the sermon last week um but i think for me um for me uh verse three really sticks out for me where it says for christ did not please himself but as it is written the reproaches the reproaches of those who approached you fell on me and for me what paul really highlights here is that christ is is the ultimate example of how strong people ought to behave yeah, so Christ is the ultimate example of someone who is strong, someone who is strong in faith, strong, strong, and is, but was still able to walk with those who were weak. And we know that even in my life, in our lives, Christ is, Christ is strong, and yet he's still able to walk with us in our weaknesses, in our doubts, in our, in our ways of thinking, which may not be correct. Um. So one thing I want us to do is let's get into Philippians um, chapter two, verse three to four. It just really highlights 
uh, for us. Um, yeah, um, Christ, Christ, Christ mindset um, to us. So that's Philippians chapter two, and we're going to go from verse three to eleven. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Mm. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Mm. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, thank you, Avio. And again, we see this mindset of Christ who being so strong didn't, and I think it says didn't see, you know, did didn't see it something to to kind of grab a hold of equality with God, but like he like he was ready to put that down. Why? So he could come down, so that he could be amongst us in our midst. And for me, this is a really kind of clear example for us as Christians that for us sometimes we may feel that the more that we know of God, that the more we go like this way. But Christ is showing us that. He knew the most. In fact, like he was God, but he went this way. He came lower. He lowered himself. He served people. He didn't go up and say, well, all of you guys down there, you need to, but he came down. He lowered himself. He walked with those who didn't know him. He walked with those who, who knew him and then yet betrayed him. He walked with those who, who he did miracles for and with, and yet still didn't understand what he was doing. But yet he had that patience. And for me, sometimes as a Christian, I know that I can get so frustrated with, with the people that I'm walking with. But why don't you get it though? But didn't you see that miracle? Didn't you hear that word? Didn't you see this happening? Why don't you get it? You should know it by now. And to the point where I'm like, Lord, let me just hand them over to you. I don't, I don't even want to walk with them anymore. But what Jesus is showing us is that, no, 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 no. Those who are strong ought to bear with those who are weak. Ought to. That, that because Christ did it with us, that is what Paul is now charging to the Romans. That because Christ did it with us, that ought to be the same mindset that we have to one another. That if you are strong, you ought to bear um, um, uh, uh, with the weaknesses of others. Um, I, I want to go a bit further. Um, I think it's uh, verse, no, verse one. So it says, yeah, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Sorry, let me go a bit further. Verse two, um, uh, let each of us please his neighbour for his good to build him up. Um, and for me, this was a really important verse, the, the verse two. And I, and I think Daniel really hit it out of the park last week about, you know, uh, the church not being divided over opinions. Mm -hmm. And for me, looking at this verse, a really key bit about what Paul says here is that 
he he doesn't say let each of us please his neighbor but he says let each of us please his neighbor for his good or for their good and what's the result of that to build them up or to or or to edify and for me what's important for us to kind of grab from this part is that Paul is really stressing that in in the strong walking with the weak and we know that you know and an example could be you know someone who says I can only eat vegetables in terms of chapter 14 um in terms of that example he's saying that I ought to walk with them in a way that I please them for their good okay why am I saying all this what we don't want to do is go to a place where we now become people pleasers. We now become people pleasers. And in us walking with the weak, we now start to become people who now condone. We now start to endorse. Paul isn't talking about condoning nor endorsing. What he says here is, let's let us each please our, our neighbor for their good. So in a way which will actually benefit them. So it's not to say, you know what? I, like, I'm now going to walk with you and now I'm just going to agree with everything you believe now because I just need to walk with you. That's not what Christ has done with us. Christ walks with me. I know Christ does not agree with all the things that I say or believe because he knows my heart. But one thing that Christ will never do, he will never condone my foolishness. He'll walk with me. He'll never condone my foolishness. But he walks with me in such a way to build me up. For my good. For my good, for my benefit. And Paul is, is charging us or charging the uh, Romans and us to, to walk in such a way with people who are around us to really benefit them, to really build them up in such a way that uh, 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 that that perhaps they don't remain in that state of being weak, but they too can become strong in different areas in their lives. Uh, let's read on. Uh, let's read from verse four. No, in fact, let me read from halfway through verse three. The reproaches of those who reproached you fed on me. Uh, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Uh, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance, so in accord with Christ Jesus, verse six, that together you may have one voice to glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. I think something that really uh, hit me with this, and it's, it's something which, which may, maybe back in the day I, I, uh, I struggled with, but I, I fully understand now, that if we take Christ as an example of someone who came down, was strong and walked with the weak, the Bible says, that the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. That word reproaches can be sometimes trans translated into shame 
or into or into disapproval. So those the 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 disapproval of those who disapproved God, though that lot of of disapproval fell on Christ, meaning that people uh, 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 interacted with Christ in such a way that they disapproved of what he was doing. But Christ's aim was what? To walk with them, to edify, to strengthen. And for me, something that comes out for this, from this for me is that putting the needs of others first uh, 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 and, and uh, pleasing others for their good doesn't guarantee that there won't be no issues. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to receive it. Oh, but this is for your own good. Like, like, you, like you just can't see it. I'm just trying to build you up. It doesn't guarantee that they're not going to have an issue. Christ came down in perfection and people had issues. Christ was healing people and people had issues. Healing people. And people were like, you can't do that. Christ came doing good. People wanting to stone him. And so that's an important thing for us as Christians to understand that in our heart to serve others, to put others' needs before our own, to build up those who, who in some areas may be weaker than us, it does not mean that there won't be reproaches. It's not a guarantee because our heart is peeled towards them that there won't be a reproach. There, there may be a disapproval to what we do. But here's what Paul says. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through what? Endurance. And through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And for me, that's, that, that, that's almost like the remedy of when we're interacting with our brothers and sisters and maybe we're feeling discouraged. We're thinking, man, I'm doing all of this and, and I'm just being reproached. Where can we find some encouragement? Well, we can find it in the scripture. We can find it in the scriptures through the men and women of God, through history who came down and did God's work and what they were reproached. They came down and spoke the unadulterated word of God, and, and yet they were they were reproached. Jesus came down in perfection, and yet he was reproached. And Paul's saying that literally, we like we can get endurance and encouragement from scripture when these things happen, because mainly because these things aren't new. They've happened throughout history. So when they happen to us, we can read scripture and see, oh, this isn't a new thing. This is something that has happened uh, throughout history when it comes to uh, the the, uh, things of God. And I I really like the word encouragement because it 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 literally means to give courage. And, and, you know, I I love the fact that, you know, we were able to read so many scriptures today because actually when, when we read scripture, we can get courage we can get courage to carry on. Carry on what? Putting others first. Being like Christ. And we can get courage, why? Because he knows, Paul Paul knows it's not easy. Not only do we need courage, but we need endurance. 
How many of us need endurance? There's some relationships that you need insurance. Oh, but they're just doing this, but they're... That through endurance. And he's writing this, why? Because all of this is taken from uh, 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 the pattern of Christ. That Christ with us through endurance. If I think about Christ, how much he's had to endure we, we, with just me. With just me. When I was saved, so not even in, like, when I was in the world, me saved Josh. He's had to endure to be with me. But yet he chooses to endure. He chooses to endure with me. He chooses uh, uh, to bring me encouragement. And so Paul is is speaking to the church and saying that yeah there will be people who are strong and and they are weak but 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 don't don't lose heart don't be the people who seek to divide because you're not agreeing or or things are going well no 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 through scripture through endurance through encouragement let's stay together let's stay together let's read uh, verse 7 and 8 Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. I I could end it there. We are called to, to what? Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed us. When Christ welcomed us, he, he didn't say, you need to be like this, like this, like this, like this, like this, like this. No, in fact, for me to welcome you, you need to be strong. In fact, before I can welcome Fred, Fred, you need to be able to read the word a certain amount of time and pray a certain amount of time. Then I can welcome you. No, 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 no. As Christ welcomed us, so we are to welcome others. And then, and then, and then Paul gives a really good example in verse eight of really how Christ welcomed. For I tell you that Christ became a servant. So how did Christ welcome us? Well, he became a servant. How did he become a servant? He, first, he was a, ser- he was a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness uh, in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. And not only that, uh, and sorry, to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercies. So we learn that Christ became a servant. And in his servanthood, uh, 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 you could say he, he manifested himself in two distinct ways. Okay. To the circumcised, he manifested himself as truthfulness. And that truthfulness is to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. This this has been foretold. There will be a root coming out of Jesse. There there will be a child being born. His name will be Emmanuel. It's to confirm the promises of God that by his stripes, you will be made whole. And to the Gentiles, he manifested himself, what? And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. He manifested himself in the capacity of mercy. That there's forgiveness. 
there's forgiveness. There's acceptance now. You like you are far off. Now you can come in. There's mercy for you now. And so for me, uh, 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 I understand that in that servanthood, that there will be uh, 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 times that I might uh, manifest myself differently depending on who I'm with. And that's why, for me, Paul speaks about to those who were to those who were under the law. I became as one who was under the law. To those that had no law, I became as one who had no law. And all through Scripture, there's example of oh, you know, there's example and example of people coming down. Yeah. Just people getting lower. Paul could have been like, "What? Nah, 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 nah." If you're on the law, no, you need to start doing, no, no, no. Paul's like, to those who were in the law, I became as one who was under the law. Because I want to walk with you. I'm going to put your needs before my own. For those who had no law, I'm not going to abandon them. I'm going to get low. I'm going to get low and come alongside you. And come alongside you. Amen. Let's carry on reading. Uh, can someone read verse 14 to 21, uh, Romans 15, verse 14 to 21. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly, but by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience mm. by word and deed, by, by, the powers, the, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around Elricum, mm-hmm. I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it ambition, my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Hosea. Um, I found the first couple of verses just interesting from verse 14. You know, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, and that yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly uh, by way of reminder because of the grace given by God. And I just think for me, that's just a really great reminder for us that Throughout Romans, there are some verses where Paul goes in a little bit because he's seeing some stuff that he doesn't like. That's that's going on. And yet, Paul is still saying that I'm satisfied with you. My brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness. You're filled with all knowledge and you're able to instruct one another. And I think for me, something that, that I pull from this script, that I pull from this scripture is discipline, correction, reminders doesn't mean that you're devoid of all goodness mm. just because there's 
church discipline or the Lord is correcting you doesn't mean that there's nothing good in you. Paul, Paul is, is literally saying, there are some things that I needed to speak to you boldly about, meaning that I couldn't shy away from it. I needed to actually talk to you, like, talk to you plainly. But even though I'm speaking to you in such a way, I, it's, I need to also remind you that I'm satisfied. I'm not doing all this because you're destitute, you're rubbish, there's nothing good in you. <laughs> but I'm doing this and... And you're, and you're filled with all knowledge. And you're able to instruct one another. So actually, instruction, correction, doesn't mean that there's nothing good in us. It just means that things need to be refined. It, ju- it, ju- it, ju- it, ju- it just means that there's some bits uh, for further growth. I want to skip down um, to uh, which one? Let me go from verse 18. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Elysium, <laughs> I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel. For me, this is a really important verse, or couple of verses. Paul, 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 Paul is winding down and he's speaking to them about, you know, about the, the breadth and width of the places that he's preached the gospel. But Paul says something which is really key. In my, in my version, in verse 19, he says, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel. I think in, in the new King James version or in the King James version, it says, I have fully preached the gospel. So by Paul saying, I have fully preached the gospel, I think it's really important for us to understand what Paul deems as fully preaching the gospel. Because if you could fully preach something, it means that you might partially preach something. But Paul's saying, I fully preached it. But how did Paul fully preach it? What were the parameters for the gospel being fully preached? Well, let's go a little bit further up to verse 19. Uh, 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 I see just above it uh, uh, by word and deed. Yeah, check, check. We're all good at that bit. By the power of signs and wonders. Okay. By the power of the Spirit of God. By word, by deed. Okay. By power of signs and wonders. By the power of the Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem all the way around, I have fully preached the gospel. So Paul is saying plainly right now that that in preaching the gospel, it, it the preaching of the gospel cannot be simply reduced to articulation. It can't just be it can't be simply reduced to words or just deeds. It has to include what by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the spirit of God. By these four things, word, deeds, signs and wonders, and by the power of the Spirit of God, I have fully preached the gospel. And for us as Christians, sometimes we can just be content with word and deed. Word and deed is important. Spirit of God and power is important. 
but in and of itself, that's not the gospel being fully preached. That's why sometimes you might see movements where they only emphasize on word and deed. Or you might see movements where they only emphasize on, on signs and wonders and the spirit of God. Whereas Paul is being really clear here that these four things equate to the gospel being fully preached. Words, deeds, the spirit of God, signs and wonders. And it's an encouragement for us or, or is it encouraged? Yeah, it's an encouragement for us as, as believers, as ministers of the gospel. But there's a call for us to be people who fully preach the gospel. And in these times and, you know, in this world, it's important that there are a people that can fully preach the gospel. And I can, and you might even say that, uh, 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 you, that you could even look at the gospel as, you know, as, as, as Paul did, uh, I think further on, you know, spoke about to the Jews, he came with truthfulness. Mm. To the Gentiles, he came with mercy. The truthfulness about the promises. The truthfulness that actually by his stripes we are healed. I am God with us. There's nothing I can't do. And the mercy coming lower. Forgiveness. That is fully preaching the gospel. And it's for us as Christians to really rise to that challenge. And not to limit the gospel to, okay, this is only the gospel. Or this is only the gospel. But it's the entirety of the deeds of Christ, as well as the power of Christ that equates to the gospel being for fully, like, uh, yeah, fully preached um, in our midst. Um, and, I, and, 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 yeah, and I just thought that that was just a good challenge for us as, as believers to, to really seek to fully preach the gospel to fully preach it. Because I know that there's been seasons where I've partially preached the gospel. Where I've, I've, I've only emphasized one part of the good news. Because if it's the power of God to, to salvation, the power can be seen through these and it can also be seen through signs and wonders and, and the spirit of God. And I think the most important thing is the gospel cannot be preached without the spirit of God. It it, 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 it it cannot be preached without the spirit of God. It, it literally cannot. You like you can take the text, we can dissect the text without the spirit of God. Uh like we can read the text without the spirit of God. I can let you know some things without the spirit of God. But the power of God unto salvation without the spirit of God, I don't know what you're doing. You're just there, bruv. It's like a car without an engine. Do you know what I mean? It looks like it. It's like, oh yeah, that's a car. But if it's got no engine, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go anywhere. It's nice though, but it's not gonna go anywhere. And that's what the spirit of God is. It's just like, without the spirit of God, we're not going anywhere. We're just all sitting in the car. Saying, oh yeah, so nice to be out of the rain. But we're not doing anything. We're just in the car. And some of us are like, yeah, I'm happy to be in the car. But that's not the gospel. The, the gospel isn't stationary. The kingdom isn't stationary. The kingdom's moving. It's advancing. 
So it's, it's important for us to know this. And then lastly, if uh, Hannah, if you can read from verse 22, please, to 33. Romans chapter 15, verses 22 to 33. For this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you, but now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you. Whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you, for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. If first I may enjoy your company for a while, but now I'm going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it's pleased those from Macedonia and Archaea to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Therefore, when I have performed this and I've sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by, by way of you to Spain, but I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Mm. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Now, the God of peace be with you all. Amen. 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 Paul, Paul was Paul, Paul was literally winding down his letter. Um, and he just he 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 just starts to speak about kind of different places that he's going to travel to. Um, and there was just one part that I, I just wanted to highlight, and it was literally just verse 30 and 31. Um, and for me, it was just the importance of praying. Paul, Paul was like. I'm about to do all of these things. I appeal to you, my brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ, by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. He's speaking about intercession. He's speaking about, I'm, I'm about to be doing all these things. I'm going to Spain. I'm, I'm going to be going to different places, but I need prayer. I need prayer. What does he need prayer for? Three things, really, from verse 31. I need prayer that I'm, Delivered from the unbelievers in Judea. And I need prayer so that I'm delivered from them. Because he knows that when he goes there, there's going to be some, I was about to say arms house. There, there's going to be some issues. People are going to be combating. People will probably try and kill him. So he's asking for prayer and I will need to be delivered from this. I need to be delivered from what I'm about to get into. Number two. He also prays that, you know what, as I, as I preach the gospel, uh, let my service for Jerusalem, let it be acceptable to the saints. Mm -hmm. That as I come here and I serve the people in this community, let it be acceptable. Let it be of good uh, 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 to the people that I'm coming to. And then the last thing he prays for is that, so that by God's will, I may come to you, with joy, mm -hmm. that he's able to return. He's, he's able to return to his brothers and sisters um, in the Lord, in joy. And, and for me, I, I just wanted just to highlight just the importance of praying for one another. Mm -hmm. Especially those uh, 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 who may be going out to preach the gospel. Or doing the things of God. Because it's important. 
Paul could just be like, no, 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 I'm cool. I don't need prayer. The Lord's with me. I have his spirit. I can get it done. But Paul is like, no, no, I'm pleading with you. Pray for me. If I, it's not even just pray for me. Strive together with me in prayer. That I might be delivered. And so when there's, you know, a minister of the gospel, I just want to just encourage us to just be people of prayer. Pray for people. If someone's going out to maybe speak to someone, it could be a friend or, you know, praying for someone who's sick or going to evangelize or just, just doing anything. There's an importance for us to strive together in prayer for one another as, as we do the things of God. As we do the things of God. Because Paul's not saying, you know, pray for me not to go there. He knows there's going to be danger there. He's not like, Lord, is this your will that I go to this dangerous place? He's like, no, no, just pray that I just don't get mashed up there. Pray that I'm just not delivered in, into their hands. Um, and so for me, this, as Paul is really kind of ending this uh, this chapter and, and this book, um, I think for me, it's just a, it's just a big reminder uh, for us anyway um and he and paul paul says it a couple of times but to just to not lose that hope to not lose hope that when we go low and we serve others and we're thinking what's the point of this what's the point of all this we can look to christ and see that the one who came down and lowered himself to the lowest point was exalted and so for us, we, we ought to have that same mindset of putting others before ourselves um, and knowing that we can hold on to that hope that it's throughout scriptures, that we can hold on to it, that through endurance and through encouragement, we can do the things that Christ is asking for us to do, whether it be lowering ourselves to serve others or whether it be fully preaching the gospel um, so that people might be saved. <laughs>